This is Clothes Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion. Welcome to Clothes Making Mavens. Today we have an amazing show. It's an extravaganza of all of the Clothes Making Mavens <laughs> together. We have, of course, Lori from Frivolous at Last and Hello. from Pray All Day. But Today, we also have Barbara Modi in the flesh <laughs> talking to us live from yeah. uh, California, because she's yeah. on the road. And we have Kila Wheeling um, also in the flesh talking to us all the way from across the pond. So great to see all of you. You too. So that is so exciting that we get to, we have never got to all talk in person together. So this is the most exciting show ever for us. <laughs> <laughs> Starting 2020 off with a bang. Good. That's right. That's right. So so let's get um let's get some updates, life updates from everyone. What is going on? So Barbara, you are on the road. Tell us what's going on. Well I'm um, doing my winter trip where I <laughs> which if you were in eastern Canada right now you'd understand why I'm not there. Uh, and so going, we go all the way down to Texas and I flow into California. I'll be here a couple of times. We'll be gone for three months, but I, uh, write and sew on the road and it's really indulgent because my husband does everything. I'm like a ward of the state. He does the laundry, <laughs> the cooking, everything. Wow. And I just, so yeah, I just sew and write. So I've been doing a lot of that and then buying fabric, uh, because I keep getting more and more recommendations. And yeah, it's really good. And um, a vintage sewing machine. We always pick up sewing machines. My husband's gotten interested in that. And he actually was in a secondhand store, saw one, and actually repaired it in the secondhand store. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Which I pretend that I didn't know, but a bunch of old guys. So I stood around in a circle and watched them do it. And uh, then we got it for $8 and it's fantastic. It's an amazing machine. So I'm pretty happy with it. It's called um, a Fleetwood. Cool. And didn't he go on to sew a, a, a coat for your dog with the machine right after he got it? Yeah, he's doing all sorts of things. And he's gotten interested in craft techs. So I have no idea what's going on, but he's got his his little uh, machine there. And yeah. Wait, what's Craft Tex? Is that that special? It's really interesting. It's actually uh, CNT, my publisher, sent me some. It's it's made in Germany. They call it a vegan leather. It's a paper product, um, but it, you it's washable and dryable, and it sews. You crumple it up, and actually, they sent us some last winter, and we te- we we were very skeptical, like how strong can it be? So we actually drove a bicycle over it, and then a car, and then we drove the RV over it, just to see if it would. <laughs> it's on YouTube. If you want to see, it's on YouTube, and it. <laughs> And it were it was amazing. So yeah, so that's what we're doing. So that's kind of me right now. That's awesome. Oh, and I was going to say, you need to be careful about how much you tell us about the wonderful things your husband does, because we're all starting to fall in love with him a little bit, especially the sewing <laughs> machine repair and making the dog's clothes. And <laughs> Well, it's actually funny that you say that, because I've been getting a couple of messages from older women. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said to my husband, if anything happens to me, just like go on the blog and there'll be a bidding war. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, so but yeah, so far I'm hanging in there. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. So Hila, what's going on with you? Oh, wow. Um, nothing anywhere near as exciting um, as that. It's just been back to the daily grind of, you know, the, the kids. And um, I guess the thing that I am trying to do in 2020 is trying to make more time for sewing and the blogging and the YouTubing and podcasting. And I'm doing that by dipping my toes into the exciting world of meal prep and meal planning so good for you (laughs) that is so important that just changes that's a game changer when you start getting on top of those things right yeah 
Yeah. Well, you know, I'll be reporting back in about six months because I reckon that's something that I have to commit to for at least six months before I can say, does it work for me or it, it doesn't. So, yes, yeah, so that's what I've been trying to do just to to get more more time uh, for stuff. Because as the kids get older, they need me to take them to their activities a lot more. And it's, <laughs> you know... Yep. Yeah. And you have five uh, children. We should remind people you have five children you're raising, which is, you know, I don't know how a lot of ferrying. you do all of the things you do. It is a lot, a huge amount of ferrying. Um, and of course, they're getting older and requesting to do more stuff. And I kind of feel, you know, like, of course, I'm going to have to say yes, because my oldest, he got to do all these things, you know. Right, right. And it's not fair for the others to miss out. So the only way that I can continue with doing the things that I enjoy is I have to be more organized. So that's what I'm trying to do, basically, um, and just trying to keep up with the blogging and the sewing, because there's so many gorgeous patterns and fabrics and yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing we're actually talking about planning your sewing in this in this episode today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about that topic. Absolutely. So how about you, Lori? You just had uh, a birthday. I did. It was my birthday yesterday. And I just admitted to you all that I am feeling a little hungover today. So <laughs> Look I have gorgeous. a wonderful bunch of friends who are all much younger than me. So these are my friends that I play volleyball with. And um, so they have a lot more energy and we, we played volleyball all afternoon Then we went out for a huge dinner and then we had a party and we were dancing and uh, it was a lot of fun, but I'm feeling a little delicate today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have just been life coaching. I haven't been able to so much, which is kind of a sad sad situation, um, except that I'm so excited about life coaching that like it, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a good trade-off, but Gila, same, same. I just realized that if I make twice as much dinner, mm -hmm. yeah. it's two dinners, you guys. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just occurred to me. Math works. <laughs> exactly. So I just it's started crazy. doing that this week. <laughs> uh -huh. And the freezer as well. I've just been making a lot of stuff to put in the freezer yeah. so that I can just plonk it into the oven. And honestly, just because I started doing this two weeks ago. And so the last two weeks, I had my first meal prep um, day two weeks ago. And just for the last two weeks, it's just been amazing. Um, so, so far, so far, so good. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed about it. But yeah. <laughs> Good. I know. So, yeah, I, like what, what you're making and what sort of plans you're following, because I'd be really curious about that. So what with the freezer? Yeah, just whatever um, types of planning and prepping and freezing that you're doing. I'm just curious to know how you're approaching it all. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out on your blog for that. Oh, yeah. Abso yes, I'm absolutely going to be sharing that um, on the YouTubes, you know, because it's, it's just sort of, uh, such a fun a journey whenever you embark on something new. Um, and yeah, I will be sharing it, you know, eventually. And hopefully it all turns out quite well because I've got six other people who are invested in the outcome of this experiment because if they don't like it and they're like, oh, we want fresh cooked stuff, I'm kind of stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so relevant to sewing because we all want more time for our sewing. So, you know, you yep. can either marry Barbara's husband or you got to do your meal prep. Exactly. <laughs> Those are the two choices mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. in the world. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, in fact, I think I might try to predict this. Okay. So each of you, are you a sewing planner or are you the type of person that just kind of gets inspired by whatever kind of comes across your, your eyes at the moment? So I'm going to guess, okay, Helena, I'm thinking you're more on the inspiration strikes side. Barbara, I think I'm going to gonna guess that you're a planner. I mean, based on all the sewing I saw you do over yeah. Christmas for all of your family, I'm guessing you're a planner. Okay. And Gila, I just know you're a planner. I know for sure you're a planner. Yes? Am I right? <laughs> no. I am actually really terrible at planning my sewing. <laughs> I 
am, which is the irony of my life. Everything else, I tend to be really good at theoretical stuff, but I am such an intuitive person. And so what will happen is sometimes I will plan. I will say, I've got this fabric is going to be this pattern, but then it's just kind of like, no, it's, it, it, it's not, it doesn't want to be this. Yeah, and yeah. then, and then I just go with, you know, this fabric will be like, yeah, make me, I want to be a, t I want to be a top. And then I'll just go then and, and make that top. So yeah, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that good at planning, which is why I very rarely do sewing plans videos on my YouTube channel. Cause things can change right before I cut into the fabric. It's been known to happen that I'll put the pattern pieces on the fabric and the fabric just says, nope, nope, not going to happen. So it does speak, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm over one so far. Barbara, did I guess right? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, pl I plan for somebody else because I never actually do all my plans. Um, my family sewing, it's birthday this Christmas. So, I mean, it's the calendar takes care of that, but in my own sewing, I've, I've done those kind of systematic things and competitive, well, not competitive, so, you know, those challenge things. Mm -hmm. yes, and yeah. I took the fun out of it. Like I have enough other things in my life that are organized, but the only bit of planning I do is every season, I try to do the old style swap, which is um, four bottoms, six tops, and a jacket. Mm. So I oh, have wow. a core. So if I kind of get that out of the way first and they all coordinate and that's good if you travel, I travel a lot. So then I know I will not be naked any day like mm -hmm. that I, or anywhere I have to go. And then once that's out of the way, I just do whatever I feel like. And I agree. I like fabric does tell you what it wants to be. And anytime you try to override that, you oh. end up with a garment you regret and you've ruined <laughs> good fabric. And that's a horrible feel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I plan, plan, plan. I love planning. It's oh my gosh! I am my zero favorite. for three here. I can't believe this. <laughs> well, yeah, you were out last night. That's okay. Okay, yeah, that's my excuse. <laughs> but I, I don't actually follow through on my plans um, very well. But I do love the planning process, and I and I do it a lot. So, and that's just part of like you know, getting all my fabrics out, laying them all around, yeah. getting all my patterns out, feeling the inspiration. So, so you are partially right because it is, um, the planning is the inspiration, right? right. And then I do right. whatever the hell I want. Right. <laughs> right. 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 No bearing on what, what I actually sew though. So. Yeah. It's interesting. You, Lori? I like to hear that you love to plan because I think sometimes, um, you hear of sewers who feel like they're not sewing unless they're literally pressing mm -hmm. the fabric under the feed dogs, right? And I feel like I have a bit of that kind of attitude. Like I feel like I'm not actually getting to the sewing until I'm at that stage. And I'm trying to train myself to remember that looking through the patterns and, and fondling the fabric and prepping things and thinking about it, I have to think of that in my mind as I am sewing so that it doesn't feel like I'm rushing to get to the part where I'm actually putting it through the mm -hmm. machine. It's a good point. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah. Even if it's if it's not planning and it's just getting gathering an inspiration, that's so much part of our craft. You know, yeah. even yes. we've talked about this going, you know, going through Instagram and reading blogs and stuff like that. It's it's all part of it. It's all it's holistically what we enjoy. So mm -hmm. But this is talking about planning what you're going to sew. And I do a lot of planning how I'm going to sew it. Like, um, I don't know if anyone else does that. Like I yes. kind of line bit and I rehearse it. And I think, cause I'm always trying to come up with a better way or an easier way of doing it. And that's the part actually I like most where I think, can't I make that pocket out of one piece of fabric instead of two? And wow. wouldn't that, wouldn't that reduce the bulk? Uh, and if I'm sewing a coat with heavy fabric, I think, well, rather than make that collar out of, two layers of fabric what if I got something finer for the under collar would that work so I do a lot of that kind of planning I and, do too. And, and that's like the puzzle making part mm -hmm. uh, which I think is really important because we're not working in a factory we're not just executing this isn't paint by numbers so I think to to uh, work with the craft is also a really interesting planning exercise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you end up innovating a lot by doing that, right? 
you know, you come up with some brand new ways and then you share it with us. And we're so lucky to be able to read your blog and your books and, and find new techniques for doing things. Yeah, it's fun. To me, that's the fun part. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I, I don't like, I, I think through every finish before I sew it. Oh yeah. Are you hand sewing at all now? No, <laughs> not a bit. Girl, you said you were coming to I show will. me. You're, you're way well, up in I Northern am. California. I'm way down here. I in Southern I better come. Well, yeah, I, I will. One day we'll, is, come. Exactly. we'll lock the doors. We'll lock the doors and I won't let you out until you switch. Until I hand sew. Okay. <laughs> um, Barbara, you mentioned you you did the sewing with the plan, the swap. So mm-hmm. uh, four bottoms. What was it? Four bottoms, six tops. A four bottoms, six tops, and a jacket, mm-hmm. or a top, or an outerwear, whatever. Mm-hmm. It could be cardigan. Whatever. Third piece. Yeah. Yeah, and it was an old kind of idea that uh, Lynn Cook uh, wrote in Australian Stitches. So I decided I wanted to refer to her. So I know her. I emailed her and I said, "Is it okay if I use your idea?" And she said, "I thought that was your idea." <laughs> I mean, telling everybody, which, so we don't actually know where it came from, but mm-hmm. it's really quite a good discipline. And in terms of getting your fabric together, you say, okay, I've got, I need four pairs of pants and, you know, six tops around the house and a cardigan. And it's amazing if you can bring yourself to actually be that disciplined, you've kind of got your season covered and then you can do whatever else you want. Mm, so. Yeah. So smart. Yeah, and see, I have trouble getting into the planning at the fabric buying stage because I just go, ooh, shiny, fancy, yeah. amazing object, and I'll buy two yards of that. And then, of course, nothing coordinates. So I guess you really have to be disciplined about thinking, you know, what is in my stash, pull out some things, maybe add a couple of coordinating solids or something, right? Yeah, and it can be usually like I just did for this um Last season, I did just a light gray one. So I just pulled out all my light gray fabric. And now I'm going to do a navy. <laughs> it's not really sophisticated, but it actually makes a difference if stuff goes together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big discovery. Yeah. I've discovered that only through the opposite problem. Right. Like just right, I right. don't have anything that goes together. So, yeah. Gila, do you have that trouble? Because I know you love sewing with the beautiful prints and uh, I mean, you sew a beautiful, amazing things, but do you ever have trouble kind of coordinating outfits or doing a travel, like if you're going away on a trip? No, I just throw whatever whatever makes me feel happy on the day on together. (laughs) I've been known to have uh, like a checkered skirt with a bright floral print top and a polka dot turtleneck underneath and stripy uh, stripy tights. I love um, you. Yeah, so I I don't have that. I did uh, try once to do a capsule wardrobe, and that was because I thought there must be something wrong with me. Why why do I not just have one set style? Um, you know, because I think it was a time when everybody was doing something to do with capsule wardrobes and figuring out your style. And I couldn't figure out my style. Sometimes I liked the androgynous look. Sometimes I liked the vintage 50s look. Sometimes I love the 70s look and all that. And so I was like, right, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And I really, really did try. And I think I got about 80% of the way through with a swap. I think I did it in 2016. But I just, I, I couldn't. I was just like, there are days where I feel like wearing bright purple flowers. There are days where I feel like wearing red and yellow stripes. And I'll just throw on whatever I feel like wearing. <laughs> Very uncoordinated, probably a bit of an eyesore to some people who don't like patterns that are mixed up, but I'm just like, it makes me happy and I'm good with that. <laughs> We're all good with that. That's why you're our joy correspondent here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've tried and I have, I, you know, like with the capsule wardrobe thing, I have, I've completely failed with it. Um, but yeah, but what I do do though is um, every couple of months I pull out my capsule of clothes that I just want to wear. They are not selected because they coordinate with each other or anything like that. It's just kind of like, ooh, oh, I miss that shirt dress with the jonker. Oh, I want, I want to wear that shirt dress this coming few months, and I just have like a bunch of clothes that I want to wear. 
and then they get retired and another batch comes out, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then old clothes feel new again, too, if you put them away for a while and then bring Mm -hmm. them out. So Uh smart. Uh So what are everyone's plans for 2020? Have you made some plans? Is there anything different about your plans for this year now that we're we're at the beginning of a, a a brand new decade? All right, I'll go first. Um, so I have been doing a lot of sewing with birder style magazines because um, I quite like sewing with the magazine with the um, bird style magazines and the sewing magazines in general. And one thing that I have uh, found out through interacting with other international uh, Birda sewers, because Birda is so international, it's published in 17 different languages and all, is that there was a, I was getting a lot of uh, feedback, which was critical of the current Birda magazines. And so I sort of engaged with some of the criticisms and it turned out that a lot of people were saying that Birda is past its golden age. It's past, it used, it used to be great, but now they're like, it's, you know, it's, it's rubbish. It's not so good. And so I was curious. I was like, I think that the Birda style that I've known for the last six years is quite good. So if people are saying that this was the, you know, they used to be better, I want to check that out. I want to see what the big fuss is about. So this year, I decided that I'm going to dip my toes into sewing with the vintage birders. So that's the birders from 20 years ago, because I gather from the people who have been sewing with birder for decades that around about 20 years ago, that's when things changed. So that's going to be my thing that I'm trying out this year, trying out some vintage um, birder style patterns that's so, <laughs> so from exciting. the 90s no from yeah pre-90s just so they according to some of the harshest critics of birder they said just after the 90s and late 80s is the era that i should be going for which should be quite interested interesting because in terms of fashion I've never been a big fan of the 80s, despite the fact that I was born in the 80s. I've always loved the 70s and sort of late 60s styles from a fashion aesthetic. So when everybody's telling me go with 80s burda, I'm a bit like, this is going to be like the power, you know, <laughs> the shoulders. Dynasty. Exactly. So, but it's <laughs> going to be interesting. You know, I'm open to to learning and to seeing, you know, what, what the big fuss is about, you know. Mm-hmm. Barbara, you were agreeing quite strongly with that. Do you have experience with Berta from that era? Oh, okay. being the oldest one here. Yes, I, I got my first Berta magazine in Yugoslavia 40 years oh. ago. And so wow. I, I, I kind of, I, I could kill myself for that I threw out all those old vintage mm. ones, but I had them stacked to the ceiling. They were very, they weren't, I, I think the one difference is the Berta now is very much on trend. Mm-hmm. In terms of if, but the trends are only like a four month trend, mm. but a lot of the earlier ones were more, um, not boring classic, but more elegant, but technically they were incredible. Like I learned so much about sewing. It was very high level couture level dressmaking. So mm. It, it was a real education and so elegant. And so, yeah, there, it's not going to be dynasty clothes. It will be uh-huh. very uh, classic European. So I think when uh, Anna Berta, the original owner, I yeah. think when she retired and she used to write an editorial every, mm-hmm. every issue on like the lives of women. It was like really nice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. th- I think that's, that's a really great aim. Oh, thank you. Well, I am relieved to hear you saying that it's not going to be like Dynasty because that no, was no. seriously worked. No, there's, no, it's a quite a, it was actually quite original design. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you'll find them interesting. Mm, yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. So where are you digging up these old magazines, Hila? Well, this is the other thing as well that's been challenging because you can only find them on secondhand listing sites on eBay and on Etsy. And my goodness, those things can be really expensive. Very expensive. Very 
very expensive. Uh, so I've just been trying to keep an eye on any that are coming up or job lots that are being sold because the job lots, they tend to be um, a little bit cheaper. And then, of course, I'm trying to find the ones from the eras that have been described as the good ones. Um, so, yeah, so I've been trolling eBay and Etsy marketplace for them. Yeah, good. Well, if I run across any, I'll let you know, okay? Oh, thank you. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> I think I have one. I have one from the 80s. I'm going to go back and look at it. The styling, mm -hmm. it's hard to get past the styling of it, right? Right, right. So I, d I don't think I looked very uh, deeply at it because they didn't, we also didn't do the line drawings, you know, how we have them all yeah. on one page. So yeah, you have to, you have to have a more... Um, in-depth look at them to see what's yeah. really mm -hmm. going on with those dresses. And then you mm -hmm. got to get past the earrings and the makeup and the hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what, right? I have flipped through a couple of them, right? And I was just like, I hold my hands up to all the women who were sewing before Google, before YouTube, mm -hmm. before <laughs> blogs, because I was just like, how did you figure all of this stuff out without just being able to go on your phone and just, you know, and just check it out and look for a review of an item? Because, like, now whenever I think of sewing something, the first thing I do, I just go into Google, pattern name, review, and Me see too. if anybody else has written anything about it. Yeah. But it, they didn't have that back in the day. And I'm just like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, great respect, big up to everybody who has been sewing before Google and before the advent of the internet. <laughs> yeah, luckily I had my mommy. <laughs> yeah. She was my Google. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Barbara, how did you learn? I'm sure you've told us before, but will you remind us how you ended up being so passionate about sewing? Both of my grandmothers sewed, one of them professionally. She was a dressmaker in Edinburgh. My mother hated it, but she knew how to do it. But I was like a really bad kid so I was the oldest of four and when I was 12 my mother said you know small town in Manitoba like I can't stand you around the house you've got you know you're too busy you have all this party so she enrolled me in a singer summer school for adult women and I went down in the bus and my first thing I made was a fully lined pink wool suit with bum buttonholes because that's what wow. everybody in the class wow that's what everybody in the class was making. And I was this like kid. It was ridiculous. And um, I just, I just loved it. And that was that. And I made all my own clothes from then on, from when I was 12. And yeah, so my parents just gave me kind of an allowance and I could do whatever I wanted. And I wore horrible clothes through my whole teenage <laughs> We all did though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whether you bought them or you. <laughs> I was responsible for them. I can't, I just can't imagine what I was thinking, but anyway, so yeah, that was it. Okay. So fast forward to 2020 and plans for, for this, uh, for this year. For me, I'm going to enforce alternating sewing for other people and sewing for myself month by month because mm -hmm. I have a big family. I have a lot of friends. I, somebody always wants me to do something, which I really enjoy, but I, I really realized that the worst stressed person in my family was now becoming me. So I, that, that's my thing, to, to do that, and I'm going to announce it. And say, do not talk to me on alternate months about things you want me to do. Because I do love sewing for people, mm -hmm. but I could, I, because I have so many people, I could do it full time. Yeah. How, how many garments and other sewn things did you do just, oh, just for Christmas? I yeah. can't even begin. Did you uh, count? No, I didn't count, but I would say 20. Oh, my days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting like seven or eight or something like that. Nothing in the wow at Christmas time as well. Right. And particularly, but with kids, I mean, my one granddaughter, she saw White Christmas, you know, the movie with Bing Crosby. She mm -hmm. said, I want a red velvet jacket with a white fur little collar. Oh. How can I not make it? Right. Right. And I, yeah. So, yeah, so I just can't. So, actually, people tell me now, 
like their dream clothes. And I really like being able to do that. Yeah. Oh, isn't amazing. that lovely? Yeah. The fairy yeah. godmother of your dream outfit. <laughs> well, it's actually a challenge sometimes, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. And it kind of exhausts me, but I'm so happy when I've done it. And then I get random things like, Hey, can you make a shirt like you made my son? No, if I didn't give birth, like you made your son, if I didn't give birth to you, I'm not making you a shirt. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good rule. Yeah. That's a good rule. Yeah. 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 Helena, how about you? You've got some plans for 2020? Well, uh, my brother's getting married in two weeks, so I am... I am making my younger daughter's dress, and then my older daughter says she wants to make her own dress. Nice. But it's chiffon. Oh, so I think oh I'm gonna... no, no. Right. <laughs> no, not she... chiffon. No. So I think I'm going to be involved in that dress, too, because <laughs> that, the finishing, it's going to be slippery. So, oh, my. Um, but you never yeah, know. I mean, she might have beginner's luck. Um, I think one of the first things I sewed was this, a stretchy crushed velvet. So yes, this was early 90s crushed velvet. Um, and I brought it home to use my mom's sewing machine. I was in, I was at university and she said, you're going to sew that and you're going to try to install a zipper. It was like a cat suit I was making. I'm like, yep. I, I don't even think I used a stretch stitch. Like I probably just sewed straight seams and I, you know, all, they were all popping out everywhere as I was wearing it, but I pulled it together and my mom still talks about that. She's like, I would never have attempted that. And so who knows, maybe the beginner sort of not knowing any different, maybe she'll just kill it. Yeah. No, and she's not scared. That's the thing is it is, yeah. it's wonderful. And I tried not to scare her. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're going to make that. And, you know, I might swoop in the last minute so that she, you know, looks pulled together for the wedding. Cause it is like family pictures and stuff. But, um, but I love that she's not scared and mm -hmm. she just has this vision. Oh, she is. You guys, if she pulls this off, it's going to be amazing. It's like, mm -hmm. um, cape sleeves mm -hmm. and she saw on, um, on like a period, uh, a period TV show of like, I think it was like a, Elizabeth the first or something or Mary Queen of Scots or something a show like that and mm -hmm. um so I don't understand how it's gonna be put together but she has it all in her head and it's gonna be so fun to see her realize that and and create that so so I she's not even using a pattern yeah we're gonna use a pattern for the princess okay. seams for the bodice yeah. <laughs> I told her that she had to do that but um but for the sleeves yeah she's got she's got some vision and she's done some draping before that I, has astounded me. I was just like, and that turned into something. Look at that. So wow, I'm very excited for her. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have any, um, you know, the sewing bee started yesterday. Ah, um, what's the first challenge? I, the first challenge is a t-shirt. Okay. And oh, nice. I yeah. am very, you know, I went into it thinking, no, I am not spending my whole month on this. <laughs> I've got other things to do this month. But then I'm like, oh, a t-shirt. I mean, I could just whip up a t-shirt for the first round. <laughs> and so, so you get sucked in. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I always love the sewing. I just love that, uh, the fun of waiting for the challenge uh, to be announced and yeah. then, you know, ruminating on it. And I have an idea. This, you guys, though, one of the things that um, kind of relates to planning is that I had an idea for my t-shirt. And I went to go find the fabric that I had. I know I have, and you, I have so much fabric now. There is no rhyme or reason. I rearranged it because I just redid my sewing room. Can't find it. And that kind of tells me like I'm really overwhelmed by fabric and I cannot buy anymore and I have to sew it up before I buy anymore. Sad All story, right. but true. Slow fashion 2020 pledge. No more fabric this year. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Sew it up. Won't happen. Won't happen. <laughs> Barbara. Yeah. Barbara's just being realistic. Won't happen. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Re restraining yourself too much like that, it it, it doesn't, you know. It's creative. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you have your muse, right? I think it's very important. You're not in this alone. You have your sewing muse. The one that says mm -hmm. to you, no, that fabric doesn't mean. And 
Yes. You know, the muse has an idea of what it wants to do sometimes, and you, you got to go with it. One thing, though, is that I'll pull out fabrics um, from that aren't front and center because I have some shelves that they're out, and then I have some that are in um, buckets. And I'll pull those out, and it's like going to a fabric store. So I think I might be able to do that for myself and get inspired that way. Because when we were talking about planning, um, one of the ways I get inspired is by by the fabric. I get inspired by fabric before patterns. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll use that to my advantage this year with using my stash. Yeah, I'm like that. I totally relate to that, Helena. I'm I'm very much a, a fabric because I spent a lot of time pondering over what comes first fa- in terms of the project. Is it fabric or pattern? Is it fabric or pattern? And definitely for me, I am driven by the fabric. You know, I just see the fabric and I want it on me somehow mm. or in my thingy. And then I go about trying to find something that will fit in with, um, you know, with, with the fabric. And how I make it work to my advantage is I'm very much an out of sight, out of mind kind of girl. So I had to change over my sewing room and have every single piece of my fabric in clear plastic containers so that I could see it. Mm -hmm. And I had that constant visual reminder and the constant inspiration. And that, and that really, it really did help, you know? (laughs) I think that's a great idea because also if if it's in front of you, then you're not tempted to just kind of go to the store to get, you know, what you have in mind. You have to actually look first or, yeah, you may well forget. I do that with the clothes in my wardrobe, you know? I forget to Mm kind of look and see what I have before I decide, oh, I'm going to sew this thing up, so. Mm -hmm. But I I think I tend to be opposite you, Gila, in that I think I'm inspired by the pattern. So I see a Mm. shape and a pattern, a garment, and I'm like, I need to have that garment. And then it's off to find the fabric, whether it's in my stash or not, but to find the right fabric to make it. So that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Barbara, what are you, um, where are you shopping and on your trip there? Well, I'm going to stone up. To live vicariously. Yeah, I'm going to stone up. But my daughter-in-law works for Rothy Shoes. I don't know if you know them. She does. Yeah. yeah. She's a creative director. So she had to get a bunch of fabric for backdrops or something. And said there's a, she discovered a really good discount fabric store here in Berkeley. So yes, that's all I needed to hear. So I actually came here with an empty suitcase. So (laughs) and a whole RV too, right? (laughs) Yeah, so it will fill it up. Yeah. (laughs) And Barbara, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, that we were going to possibly talk today uh, when we were planning about doing a travel capsule, like if anyone has ever done planning for a travel capsule. And you you laughed at that (laughs) because you said Uh, you were getting ready to get in your RV. I I, look, I am an idiot when it comes to I can't imagine weather except where I am. I'm sure that's some kind of a learning disability. I'm the exact same way. Totally the same. Mm -hmm. So I always arrive, like, so I left Nova Scotia and I filled my RV up with winter clothes. (laughs) And then I arrived in Florida and I said to my husband, I don't have any shorts. (laughs) 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 I I don't have any t-shirts. And now I'm in California and Berkeley and I'm thinking, I need raincoat. <laughs> I need long pants. It's ridiculous. And I, I do a little work for the CBC. And one of the reporters there said that he and his wife regularly go to Europe for like a month. And they each have one carry-on. Wow. Like, I can't travel except in an RV. I've got the tell <laughs> Well, you can't get your sewing machine and, in a carry-on, right? And I still have nothing to wear. <laughs> I have I have to have a full-size ironing board. I have to have my, you know, my ham, my clapper, my pressing roll. I've got to have a serger and a sewing machine. Now my husband's buying second-hand sewing machines. I have a cutting <laughs> table. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, wow. you know, so this is a long story. If anybody can crack the travel wardrobe code that doesn't entail things that you're supposed to wash out in the sink at night 
or wearing the same t-shirt backwards. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do it. I need to know how to do it. I am completely, I look like an idiot in all my travel pictures because people say, why is she, why is she wearing a parking that, you know, in Florida? Anyway, so that's me. Has anyone ever had luck doing any kind of a tra- travel planning, wardrobe capsule or anything? Well, nope. I have, I'm getting um, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it, you know, oddly enough, right, I'm actually quite good at my travel capsule um, wardrobe. And that's because, um, and, I, and I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but I find that when we go on a holiday, I need a holiday to get over the family holiday because I am constantly being strategic, trying to think two, three, four steps ahead, being prepared for all eventualities. You know, if the child is going to be have motion sickness, I need to make sure that I've got the step. So I am constantly hypervigilant looking, you know, trying to make sure that everybody enjoys their holiday. So I kind of don't have time during that to have to think about, oh, what am I going to be wearing? What am I going to be? Whatever. So ever since we started traveling with the young kids, I've got about 70% of the same clothes that I take with me when we go on holiday. So we tend to travel in the summer and that's when we tend to go. So it's always kind of like warm weather stuff. And I always have one there, like um, a pair of uh, jersey shorts because they got to be comfortable. And yeah. I've got linen trousers. And then I'll have a couple of T-shirts. And then I've got like um, some uh, shirts that I've had for like so long because I'm a keeper. You see, I, I, I keep stuff. <laughs> but I've got these um, about 70% of them. When you look, th- when I look through all of my holiday pictures, I'm kind of like wearing these same things because they're comfortable and they travel well and they wash well and Mm -hmm. they're sort of they're well worn so that if anybody is looking at me you don't think that they look dirty you just think that they're well worn so I can kind of wear them over and over again if that makes sense um so yeah so so I I I, you know I I have that but it's just because I just repeat the same uh, same thing. Sometimes there'll be a variation um, on it. If I kind of think that, oh, there might be a night that we plan on going out for dinner, I'll just pack the one nice dress to, you know, to wear um, for that, for just that one day. But otherwise, the rest of the time, I've got the shorts, linen trousers and tops and just having layers. I found that having yeah. layers, yeah, absolutely helps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a terrible yeah. planner for traveling too, Barbara. I have mm. the same affliction. I, uh, you know, if it's cold where I am, then I'm throwing cold weather things. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. I find it so hard to imagine myself in a different situation until I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I'm often just sewing things at the last minute because I'm I just decide I need a new dress for this trip. And then, you know, and then you pack it and you realize you it's not comfortable or maybe it's wrinkly or so <laughs> yeah. I don't even know yeah. why I brought up that question because I seriously had nothing to add <laughs> that's of any use to anyone. I tend to pack all my least or my most favorite thing, like the most recent makes or my most recent things that I love the most. So that's kind of like a, kind of a good litmus test, actually. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 That's very smart. Because I want to feel cute and excited about my clothes while I'm on an exciting vacation. So. So what does everybody use to, um, to plan? I, for example, use spreadsheets. So I have a couple of Google spreadsheets. I have a a fabric spreadsheet. So I'll add fabrics as I buy them. And I have a column for whether they've been washed yet and that sort of thing. I try to wash it as soon as I get it in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have another spreadsheet for projects and ideas for projects. And I have columns for whether, uh, for, you know, thoughts on fabric and whether it's in my stash, whether it's been washed already, do I already have the pattern? Has the pattern been printed and cut out that sort of thing? So, um, I'm not always using it, but some days I go through these fits of being highly productive and get them all updated. And, uh, uh, but I still just tend to be a, as inspiration hits, I just sew something and then I'll add it to that, to that spreadsheet. Do you, do any of you use any, any tools or planners or? I put my pattern with my fabric and mm-hmm. 
And then I just forget about that pattern then because then it's not in my pattern stash. So it's a horrible, horrible <laughs> planning tool. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I uh, I use Trello. It's kind of, it, it sounds so similar to what you're saying, um, except for, because I'm, I'm such a visual uh, person and Trello is a Kanban type system where you've got cards and you move the card along. So I have one for my sewing projects, right? And because I start with fabric, as I mentioned before, the first thing on there, my first card is the fabric. So basically I'll see a fabric and I'm like, I must, I must wear that fabric. And I'll just list the fabric on there. And then I'll, and then I move it along to whether the pattern has been selected for it, whether, whether it's, um, it's bonded with a pattern. <laughs> That's what I call it. And then I move it along to whether the project has been sewn or whatever, but I, I have it on there. And so basically every sort of two to three days, I go through my boards and just sort of like, look, oh, is this still fabric bonded with this pattern or has something changed or something like that? So I, I use Trello because it's just such a great visual um system for organizing yourself right because you can just kind of drag and drop each of those individual cards, cards. into a new column and yeah. shuffle them and yeah it's almost like having post-it notes on a wall but it's in digital yeah. format, right well yeah it's a trello is just basically based on the kanban system which has been around since you know pre-internet pre-computer days and it's one of those uh total quality management systems because people can easily see at what point your task is at, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so when I discovered Trello, I was just like, this just fits in with Kanban because I'm going to use it. So yeah, so that's how I I plan my uh, sewing in a way. <laughs> and do you add photos to that? So when you have a new fabric, does it go into Trello as a photograph or do you just write down what the fabric is? I put a link to to the fabric. So... Okay. Yeah. So if I've got a, a link to where it is available online, I'll put it on there. If it's a fabric that was, say, bought from the marketplace that doesn't necessarily have an, an internet home, I will then take a picture and that would be the background of the card itself. So oh, again, mm. I'm always constantly getting that visual because I need that otherwise I just forget I could have the most expensive Dolce and Gabbana silk fabric but if it's packed away and I can't see it I will forget that it is there so mm -hmm. Mm. it has to be visual for me and that's why I love Trello good idea right. that's really great mm. okay so I guess um do you want do you want to know my organizing system mm -hmm. uh, I I deliberately do not organize because I like the element of surprise. I have been, <laughs> I've been selling for, as we know, for decades and decades. I have so much stuff and I really enjoy the process of saying, I'm kind of feeling like something, like a, a cozy top and just see what I have. And I like, you know, I will probably sort through my fabric, pull something out, then I'll go through my patterns. And it's very um, non-efficient, but it's so enjoyable. Because I go through it and I think, get out. I never forgot I had that. Like, oh, man, that wasn't that time I thought I was going to do this. And oh, of course I didn't. But gee whiz. Gee whiz. <laughs> I think, look at that. Like, you know, my God, I got that, didn't I? I got that in New York. But that was like, I had such a good lunch that day. And I have, still, <laughs> I have so much. But you're going to, you organize people will find this funny. Um, I have a basically a two-level house. And the bottom level is one, is rooms and rooms of all sewing stuff. But my, my niece is sort of pre-engaged to my son-in-law's nephew. This is a very Nova Scotia. You need to draw us a chart. On yeah, I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's nothing illegal, right? It's, no, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's legal, but it's all the same family. And I think, oh, God, this is a whole other bunch of going to be, like reinforce the fact I know to so for them. I'll now be connected to them in two ways. But anyway, um, <laughs> so they, since I've been away, have said, look, we're looking for a place to live. We want to buy a house, but we don't remember. Can we move into your like downstairs 
And I said, sure. But it, I said, it's, it's all my sewing stuff. And they said, don't worry, we'll move it all upstairs and organize it for you. And <laughs> so they did. They carried everything. It's filled two rooms wow. upstairs. And um, they've organized it according to what is logical and to them. And they've done a beautiful, it's gorgeous upstairs. But I'm sent, they send me pictures. And my husband says, you are so crazy. And I'm thinking, but where else do they go? Right? They should live with family. Like, what are you talking about? So, but then they send me pictures and I think, and I actually am, am texting them back and saying, can, like, can you enlarge that? What, what is that I'm looking at? I don't, rec- <laughs> I don't recognize it. So it's like they've kind of stirred the pot and stuff that was on the bottom is on the surface now. So I'm really excited to go home and see what I have. So oh, how's that for me? Like Christmas. How's that for yeah. 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 So that's how random my life is. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I, I think that, you know, you make a good point around, we all have our preferred ways of doing things. And by no means should we think of, um, you know, the fact that we're doing a, a show about planning your sewing, that that somehow means that you must plan, you know, that planning oh, oh. organized is the no. only way or the best way for sure. I mean, we all just, we need to be inspired. We need to be creative. We need to be disorganized. If, it, if that organized. calms you down, like I, yeah. I'm really concerned about younger sewers who are making this one more thing, you know, <laughs> like you can't go keto and plan your sewing and train for a marathon Mm -hmm. and go back to do your MBA, you know, and have (laughs) a good life. (laughs) And I, and people just keep adding on these more, you know, achievements. And to me, sewing is a place you go where you don't have to be that person anymore. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really careful. But then I know some people can't think straight unless things are organized and they right. need it and they find that therapeutic. Yes. Mm-hmm. As long mm-hmm. as you don't make it work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's for fun. It's all fun. It's all mm-hmm. for the fun bit. Joy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I would like to talk briefly about slow fashion 2020. Uh, we mentioned it in the last episode and it's going along strong on, uh, on Facebook and in Instagram. So this is where people are invited to make whatever play- pledge they would like to make their sewing or shopping clothing uh, more sustainable. So it's open to uh, sewers and non-sewers alike. So it's not just about sewing, but the idea is just to pledge whatever you can to help reduce your, uh, your footprint when it comes to textiles, let's say. So we've had pledges, everything from people pledging to only limit themselves to a certain number of clothes purchases per uh, during the year. I've had another person who's pledged not to buy anything new for three months and then reevaluate after that. Other people are saying, I'm not going to buy anything at all. Other people are saying, there's certain things I, I'm going to let myself buy, but otherwise I'm only going to buy secondhand, that sort of thing. Um, and it's been really interesting discussion around that and lots of people participating so that's been wonderful and I feel like the the general the zeitgeist right now there's a lot more people it's very it's becoming very top of mind the whole issue around sustainability and clothing and fast fashion and all the disposal and the chemicals and the environmental impacts and the um, impacts on people and human rights uh, it's all seems to be coming to the forefront so but one of the things um that sometimes comes up when we talk about sustainability and we're trying to, for example, as sewers, we're trying to, you know, avoid the bad, the quote unquote bad fabrics and only buy quote unquote natural fabrics and which one is the most sustainable. And if I love to sew and I sew one garment a week all year long, like, am I, you know, am I not being sustainable, et cetera. And of course, sustainability is all about, I think, each person's own own line. You have to draw your own line around what you feel good about and what you can and can't do. And you don't. So I guess the question that comes up is, are we, are we sucking joy out of sewing if we want our sewing to be more sustainable? And so I'm going to direct this to you, Gila, as our joy correspondent. You are our (laughs) resident joy expert here. Um, What are your your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's a really great question. Um, so I just want to preface that by uh, 
painting the picture of my experience with sustainability. So before I discovered sewing, back in the day, when I was a pretty young thing, mm-hmm. uh, I worked in academia. And as it happens, my speciality was operations management. And for the last five years before I left academia, I was um, module leader and lecturing in sustainable operations management mm. and, and something else that was related to sustainable tourism. And before that, they were called different names, but it's because sustainability was becoming a buzzword in most business schools. They changed their module names to, you know, fit in with whatever is um, buzzy. So I have been um, in the whole sustainability theory from an academic perspective since over 20 years ago. And it's been very interesting for me to see the evolution of the meaning of the term sustainability, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when it first started out being used way back in the 70s uh, by the Sierra Club and then through to the 80s by Body Shop and to what it has become now. So it's been quite fascinating uh, for me. So uh, first of all, so I just wanted to point that out, that that was my bread and butter. And I was teaching the MBA program as well as the undergrads and the masters. And then um, before I started sewing, I used to only ever buy clothes secondhand from charity shops or flea markets or eBay, I never bought anything brand new. So for me, sewing my own clothes has been by far the most expensive and in terms of environmental impact, the most, you know, the one that gives the most environmental impact in terms of sourcing my own clothes. Mm. So based with my awareness and my academic knowledge of, you know, the impact of the supply chains and, um, you know, when you do, so one of the, one of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite um, exercises that we used to do um, on this was where we'd get the students to go off and look at, they had to pick a product and they had to do um, a life cycle analysis. And a life cycle analysis, right, you are analyzing the environmental impacts of every single component that goes into the thing that you're making, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the thing that you're looking at. And no matter what level it was, whether it was undergrad, master's or MBA, they always came back, their minds completely blown at realizing how something that mm-hmm. they thought was quite innocuous and environmentally friendly mm-hmm. wasn't as as they thought it was. So for me, when I started sewing, there was a lot of tension between, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. This is so frivolous. That's what it felt like for me. And I had to Mm -hmm. give myself permission and actually say, okay, yeah, this is way more expensive than anything you've ever done before. But you know what? It makes you good for you. It's good for your mental health, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so... I did it and I had to separate myself from this idea that my individual choice would make a difference on that because there's so much other stuff that I do. We compost, we grow our own, we installed solar panels in our house, we've got LEDs, we recycle, we we very rarely travel by aeroplane. In fact, it's been over six years since we've traveled by aeroplane. We, you know, we use the car. So we're very conscious in so many other ways and it was kind of like if I started thinking about the textiles you know I don't need to make my own clothes I could go back to buying by second hand and stuff like that and if I did a life cycle analysis on a sewing machine right back to the raw materials and all of the parts and all of the travel it's completely unsustainable and that would just make me feel guilty And Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel guilty when I'm sewing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like what you were saying, Laurie, about for each person, you have to draw a baseline as to what you're going to define as what is sustainable. Um, Because if you were to look at it logically, right? And this is something that my sister was kind of like, but isn't it more expensive for you to sew your own clothes? Because you used to buy them. And I was like, yeah, I know. 
but I just love sewing. Okay, you know, you get so don't. much more than just clothes out of it, right? That's the important part of the the analysis is is the cost benefit analysis. I guess you're getting way more than just a garment out of it, right? Yes, this this is true. I am getting way more than just a garment, um, and especially in terms of my you know my 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 mental health as well. Mm-hmm. But ju- there are times where, if I'm honestly speaking, I do ask myself, could there be other things that I could do for my mental health that don't necessarily involve me buying fabric or buying more patterns or sewing another garment? Because goodness knows. I have enough clothes to last me a lifetime <laughs> already, you know. Yeah, so if me it, too. so like everything, if I looked at it from a logical perspective, right, I don't need to be sewing any more clothes. It's not really sustainable. I don't need to be buying any more fabric. But I love it. And the heart wants what the heart wants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I just had to make that choice for myself that you know, when it comes to sustainability, there are other parts of my life that I will do that. But when it comes to sewing, I'm I'm just gonna, you know, do this thing that I love and that, you know, gives me joy. And I'm not going to um, sort of sprinkle my joy with bits of guilt about I should, <laughs> you know, because when, when I do look at it, it does make me feel like, um, you know, it, it makes me feel like I, I, sh- I should stop. I've got enough. I don't need any more. Um, yeah. So I don't think that thinking about sustainability is necessarily compatible with the way that I approach sewing. And I think it's just an individual experience thing. And I think Mm. that for some people, making those individual choices to maybe um, try and identify which fabrics are better and which aren't, that's the thing that gives them the joy. And then yeah, that's, you that know, can be a that, really that. satisfying process to go through and mm-hmm. to, to choose what you have decided through your research is the most sustainable and then feel really good about wearing that. I think that can produce a lot of joy, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Barbara? Well, I... Per, okay, personally, I've gotten rid of all my modern machines except my serger. I am only sewing on vintage sewing machines. I don't have a sewing machine that's younger than 50 years, and they have beautiful stitches. I gave one top of the line to my daughter. I had a manufacturer send me their top of the line, and I returned it. Um, because why? The These beautiful old machines do a gorgeous stitch, and that's my top priority. I do... I increasingly I'm using thrift shopping as a place to find garments that I can uh, basically harvest fabric from. I'm doing that a lot now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, the third thought that I would have is to enjoy what you have and that when you've made it, wear it to death if you love it, but don't feel that you always have to go on to the next thing. I think that time spent just really savoring a product is a very sustainable act. Whereas if you keep thinking, well, you know, I've got two coats, but look at this gorgeous coat I'm seeing on a blog. And if you love your two coats, then put some of that energy into enjoying the fact you were able to make it. So that's my two cents worth. Oh, that's, that's wonderful advice. To, because, you know, society does give us a lot, a lot of pressure uh, to be productive all the time, to be doing, to be creating, to be productive. And the savoring doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. And that's, that's very good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I also think there's some joy to be found in sometimes trying to be sustainable. Here's, here's an example. I went to uh, Value Village. I found almost two meters of Tussa silk houndstooth pattern that I'm going to make a kick-ass Chanel style jacket out of fingers crossed. It was $2.99. So, I mean, that is joy for me. Yeah. For yes. sure. Oh yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
Absolutely. So, um, yes. So we've been talking for an hour. We could go on and on. My goodness, I could spend oh, all yeah. afternoon with all of you. No, you guys. Mm-hmm. So much fun to talk to you yeah. all at the same time. So lucky yeah. this worked out. We should do this again. I just yes. I loved this so much. I really yeah. enjoyed this. A hundred percent. We will definitely do this again soon. And uh, Barbara, I hope your visit with your family and the rest of your travels are amazing. And uh, best wishes in 2020 to all of you. Thank, Thank you, you for very being much. here today. Yeah, it was so lovely, you guys. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingmavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening. So listen, yeah. quick question. Are we actually going to record video? No. Oh, okay. All right. Like, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all layered up because it's like a really cold day today, but I thought if I have to look fancy, I can take off the layers, you know? <laughs> Girlfriend, this is why we do a podcast, so we don't have to worry about that stuff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>